Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We have walked through the component parts of the general worship service, the main service for Sunday morning, from invocation to benediction. We have put them in conversation one with another. We've put them in conversation with their roots in Scripture. We have traced through the blessings that they have for us. And, and as they are a rehearsal for us every Sunday for heaven itself, as well as the Lord's delivery system for his good gifts. Forgiveness of sins, recovery and remembrance of our baptismal blessings, the body and blood of our Lord, and the word of God in our ears. All of this provides the context for our worship each and every morning that we come together on Sundays. And for that work, we've also taken note of the fact that the entire life of Christ is rehearsed over the course of a Sunday morning's experience. From the Gloria and Excelsis, glory to God in the highest and of peace to his people on earth, those words that the angels sang over the hills of Bethlehem to shepherds who encouraged them then to go and to see the fulfillment of God's promises in that babe wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. Every Sunday has its Christmas component. And every Sunday has its recounting of the words and deeds of Jesus, as well as its prophetic words given in the Old Testament and so forth. And the ramifications in those epistle lessons from the letters of the apostles given to the churches so that they can too unpack what it is that our Lord Jesus Christ has done and done for them. To say nothing of the fact that as we turn the page after the sermon, we enter into Holy Week. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We enter in to the parade, the, the proclamation of the children as they welcome Jesus into Jerusalem so that they can welcome his, him as their king as well, as do we. But a king who reigns from a cross and who delivers his gifts of body and blood from a cross. And so we come to the altar recognizing that our crucified Christ is our gift-giving Lord. Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, even Easter Sunday are not far away. And yet we anticipate, too, that the Lord's return will also come. And that as we wait for his arrival, as we wait for that final appearing, we take his name with us as we minister out in the world, even as we talked about even last Sunday. From invocation all the way through to benediction, each Sunday has its component parts to rehearse the life and ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ to us, God's great gift to his people. But on the broader scale, every Sunday even has its own piece of that puzzle to lift up as a gem and to put before the light so that we can embrace it, so that we can digest it, so that we can apprehend all that God has done for us step by step over the course of an entire year. And so just as we have done, so we will do again. If you 
care to take a look in the hymnal at where we've been, it's on Roman numeral 14 in the introduction where the lectionary is provided for us, the readings for each Sunday's work from series 8 in the three-year lectionary. We have walked through series A during this year. Now, I've been preaching on catechism and on the worship service, and so the lessons have not specifically formed our preaching, but they have been the lessons we have read over the course of these Sundays. And as you have seen over the course of that preaching, you've seen how that lectionary also gets put together, primarily in terms with series A, following the course of our Lord's ministry through the book of Matthew, through the gospel of Matthew. On the next page, you'll see series B laid out, where the gospel of Mark has its front and center moment in the sun. And as you might imagine, again, the next page has series B, where Luke is front and center. We, have con we are concluding today series A. We will be beginning next week, series B. The church year ends <coughs> before the church year begins. Now that might seem obvious, of course. <coughs> With the beginning comes the season of Advent. Now how do we figure Advent? Advent has four weeks. And now I'd invite you to turn to the series B handout that you have from the, uh, from the ushers at the beginning, where the colors are also laid out for you as well. Four weeks of Advent, four Sundays worth of Advent leading up to Christmas. Now, this year coming up, 2023, as we begin it, and I will be beginning the service next week with Happy New Year because it is a new church year. And I'm on a different calendar than the rest of the world. And honestly, I pray you are too. The church begins its year with the anticipation of Christmas. January 1 doesn't play a role in that. December 3rd is the first day of the new year because our attention is on Christ. He is going to be front and center. What he says and does shapes his people. He is master, we are servant. He leads, we follow. And so the Christian recognizes that this calendar is guided by the primary moments in the life of our Lord. Leading up to, celebrating, and then flowing from the afterglow. Preparation, celebration, and afterglow. This is the pattern of the first part of the church year. Now, Christmas is its highlight, and you see it there in white, a few lines down from the top of the page. But that preparation time is not unimportant. But here again, I call your attention to the fact that Christmas begins not when the Hallmark Channel says it does, <laughs> but and not when Walmart says it does, for goodness sake. Christmas begins at sundown, December 24th, on the eve of Christmas. Until then, we are celebrating this time of looking forward in anticipation. Now, you get four weeks of this. The people of Israel had 1,500 years 
from the time of Moses to Christ. 2,000 years from the time of Abraham to, to Christ. And Adam and Eve, thousands more. You can take four weeks, people of God. You can take four weeks to hold back the tide and to stand counterculturally against what is going on around you, or at least, at least to harness what is going on around you to make the invitation to say, you know, Christmas is really about Jesus. At least that. At least that. Christmas is really about Jesus. And anticipation of Christ is not a bad practice at all. Advent gives us that opportunity. For four weeks, we look forward. We kind of put ourselves in the shoes of the people of Israel before Christ comes. We take a look at the promises. We hear John the Baptist calling the people of God to repentance. To not, to not take this lightly. To not miss the fact that the Lord God Almighty is coming to visit his people. To set up his tabernacle amongst them. To be in their midst. That the holiness of God does not stay enthroned in the highest, but comes to be the peace of God for his people. And to look forward to that, to stand on tiptoe, and to gaze at the horizon and hope and enjoy that God fulfills his promises. That when he speaks, it will be. Because he's given us promises, just like he gave to the people of Israel. <coughs> He told them that their king would come, and their king came. And he has told us that our king will come again. <clears throat> did he fulfill it the first time? Yes, he did. Will he fulfill it the second time? <clears throat> yes, he will. In the meantime, he gives us down payments on this weekly basis as he comes to us in his body and blood, in the celebration of the sacraments and the word, that he has not forgotten these very promises. We stand in between these fulfillments, and we are encouraged by the Lord's coming day in and day out in his word among us as we devote on it and as we meditate on it, and as he fulfills his promise to be here with us in his body and blood. Without Christmas, Without Jesus taking on flesh and becoming a human being in the manger, we can't have his flesh and blood for us here today. Without that gift having been embraced by God himself, we can't celebrate. We can't feast as he would direct us to feast. And so the preparation leads to its fulfillment and its own feast day for 12 days, those Christmas days roll through from the evening of the 24th all the way through until the evening of the 5th of January. Now we're lucky this year because sundown actually hits at 3.55 p.m. on Christmas Eve. And our worship service is scheduled for, you guessed it, 4 o'clock. So it will be Christmas. Why? Because it's the day before. <coughs> Evening and morning were the first day. Remember from Genesis 1? 
It was evening and it was morning the first day. It was evening and it was morning the second day. That's why God's Old Testament people celebrated the Sabbath on sundown. The beginning of the day is at sundown. It's only Romans, those of us Romans, who think of the day beginning at sunrise. Christmas begins at that moment when the blue becomes white. We begin to celebrate that God did not forget his promises but has fulfilled his promises. Christ come to be with his people. With all of the promises that get shouted out and glorified by angels and shepherds and pondered by Mary, the afterglow of that season becomes so relevant as Christ is baptized and then becomes the templates for our own baptism. Imbued with the Spirit, he goes and engages his mission. He preaches, he teaches, he heals. He shares all that the kingdom of God would provide for his people. He brings Eden back into play so that the perfection and holiness and the fellowship that God had with Adam and Eve can be had with Christ. The forgiveness of sins wins the day. And that the work of Jesus is to bring that kind of manifestation of God for his people. And yet he doesn't reign the way kings on earth reign. No, because his enemy is not the other kings. His enemy is death. And he is going to go and he is going to work his solution to death from the inside out. He is going to go down into it. He is going to be rejected by all, standing alone at the cross. He embraces all for us. Now Mark takes us through that entire string of episodes, from Epiphany where he is baptized all the way through into the cross. Mark follows that pattern that Peter set up in Acts chapter 1, that everyone who knows in the company of our Lord the entire story from beginning to end can be a witness to what he has accomplished. From the baptism of John to all the time of his going in and out among us all the way to this very day, Peter says in Acts 1, that when he was lifted up into heaven, they should know that whole story. So two men at that point were put before all the apostles to take up the position that Judas had left vacant. But now we stand on the threshold of beginning that journey one more time. Over the course of these next months, you have opportunity to be equipped for the sake of being witness, to bear witness in the world for the good, beautiful Fulfillments of all God's promises in Jesus Christ, from his baptism to his ascension. In being equipped for witness, Mark will show us the way. Just as he learned from Peter, so he will teach us as well. What was handed on to him will be handed on to you in these passages of Scripture that lift up Jesus Christ. You will be equipped for sharing Jesus' own story. Over the course of this church year, then, we have these twin festivals, Christmas and Easter, each of them robed in white, so that we can see the high points of the fulfillment of God's promises, 
Each has their preparation, Advent for the time of Christmas and Lent for the time of Easter. And each has their afterglow. Epiphany continues to recount the promises that this one is the Son of God. Who is he? The Son of God. And each one has its afterglow in Easter as well, with the entire season of Easter that follows, answering the question, what has he done and why should I care? Christmas answers that first question, who is he? Easter answers the second question, what has he done and why should I care? Because this God in heaven and earth has not remained way off in the clouds. He has not remained remote. He has come to be with us here so that we can be with him there. Pentecost comes to empower his disciples and to show that the church is the new temple of God as the Holy Spirit falls on them, giving them the exact same calling and ministry that the Holy Spirit imparted to Jesus at his baptism to go and to preach and to teach and to be the avenue of God's mercies and gifts and grace to the people of the world. So Peter and John and James and all the rest of them giving the mercies of God to all the different nations of the world as they gathered there in Jerusalem that day. But then, hitting the road and making their way throughout the world until finally Christians found their way even to St. Robert, Missouri. So that the place of God's presence would not depart from his people, but that every generation and every location would have its witness to what God has done, God is doing. And God will do. The promises of God are then recounted throughout the entire church year, just as they are highlighted each and every Sunday. A chance to lift up each promise as a gem, and to see its highlights, to see its beauty, and to see its dazzling light. And to see also the world through those very promises, to see the world not as the Lord's enemy, but as the world's masterpiece that he is calling back to his side. It is Satan that is the enemy. The world, the world is the field of play, the field in which we seek to gain new ground, where the kingdom of God would expand and gather its people so that they also would call on the name of the Lord along with us. In this effort, over the course of series B, Mark will be our guide as well as Peter and John and all the rest of the witnesses to the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation. We give thanks to God for storing up for us all these good gifts and look forward to their manifestation week after week, season by season. Tomorrow, not tomorrow, Next Sunday, excuse me. Next Sunday, the church will be robed in its blues. And we will have Advent again. We will anticipate the coming of Christ. We will mark the seasons with an extra set of candles to adorn our hall so that those weeks might be recognized, dedicated, and given. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.